Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Before we get started today, I want to invite you to share this episode. Maybe this is uh, something you say, hey, this actually might be of value to somebody else that I know. Well, click the share button, send an, uh, a text message, uh, post it on social media, and continue to get the message out. We definitely appreciate everybody who does that. I uh, appreciate all the messages that we get back from the, uh, the folks that are listening and watching and saying, hey, this was great information I was able to apply. So uh, if you haven't already, make sure you do that, and then make sure you're subscribed. We have a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., and we don't want you to miss out on a single thing. We have a video version on Facebook and YouTube, and then all the podcast networks you can find us on by visiting lockdoc.net slash podcast. Get there, click the subscribe button, and make sure you don't miss a single episode. I'm excited today. Uh, Blair Primus is with us. Uh, first met Blair several years ago when he was doing a talk on marketing and have just always kind of really uh, been excited to be able to have conversations with him and, and understand uh, kind of his thought process and theories around how he is navigating the marketing strategies with Ortho Carolina. He's going to be talking a little bit about that today, some of the things that they've gone through over the last year or so, and some practical information about marketing. It's an action-packed as always with Blair. So make sure you get ready to take some notes, grab a piece of paper, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh yeah. All right, Blair, welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Yeah, so we've just been sitting here chatting for the past half hour yes. or so, and it was a great podcast. <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> Do you validate? Yes. If, if, uh, if, if everybody uh, if everybody got that, then they'll be good. If not, sorry, uh, you'll have to check that out in a, in a future episode. Uh, so let's jump into it. Thank yeah. you for coming back again. You've been here before yeah. in our old 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 space. Yep. In the closet that we used to record in. Yes. Right. Um, and so, uh, well, we're going to jump into rapid fire: five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. <laughs> ready? Already. Number one, what smell do you hate that doesn't seem to bother other people? I'm going to go with uh, Brussels sprouts, but I love eating them. Mm. Don't, don't like, like the way they smell. they smell. Yeah. I think it's kind of stinky, yeah. but I love eating them. Yeah. Love them. It's interesting. Brussels sprouts have become so popular over the last yes. probably five it's like or hip seven now. years. It's yeah. like hip, but it doesn't smell great. I just remember growing yeah. up, it was yeah. like... The, the other one, too, is in a popular one, I don't mind it, but not popular, is Greek yogurt. People will smell that and be like, oh, God, no, 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 I can't even be near it. It's got like a m- funky, kind of musty hmm. uh, flavor. I love it, though. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I've ever smelled Greek yeah, yogurt. Yeah, yeah, like t- leave it in the car, the maybe, if like, you know, have a yogurt, leave it in the car for a couple hours, yeah. come back yeah. in, and be like, oh, there it is, there it is. Yeah. What's the, uh, number two, what is the, uh, who is the most interesting stranger that you've ever met? Interesting stranger. Wow. I would say... Um, <laughs> Who's the most interesting stranger I've ever met? Gosh, that one's a good one. I'm going to go with uh, very top of mind here. But gosh, some of my new neighbors I moved six months ago, and some of my new neighbors who I've never met who are currently strangers because they moved in during COVID are interesting people. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a short story. I know this is not my rapid yeah. fire, but yeah. uh, I was at the Apple store. This was a couple of years ago, and I was trying to get – it was right after the AirPods had come out, and okay. they were hard to Hard, hard to, to get. get. I, was, I, I had got a, a – uh, a, a insight that they had some at the South Park Mall location. So I drove over there. N- nowhere to be seen. 
but they said there's some at North Lake. Well, there was another gentleman there that had heard overheard the conversation, and he was like, I'm from out of town. I'm actually supposed to be going to the airport in a little while. I came here to get some. He was actually from China, and he was here in the States for a business meeting, and he was like, Would you uh, buy me some? Are you serious? Do what? Are you about to say, will you buy me some? And no. Oh. No, no, no. He said, he said, uh, he said um, uh, I was going to get some for my wife before I head back. Uh, do you mind if I ride with you up to the North Lake location? And I was like, sure. sure. <laughs> so we jump in the, in the car and we drive up to the North Lake. They didn't have any there either. And I was like, ah, bummer. So I drove him to the airport and dropped him off. That is an unreal story. I'm still connected with him on LinkedIn. He works for um, a big uh, freight distribution logistics firm. company. Okay. That's awesome story. <laughs> I thought you were going to say is he gave you like money no, and yeah. then you shipped him to him or something no, like that. I just, That's actually more of an interesting stranger story. I just, I just randomly picked him up at the <laughs> Apple store and we drove around for a couple of hours. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, number three, what is the last goal that you achieved? Oh, I can tell you how many I've not achieved. I would say, and I set weird ones. I would say the last goal I've achieved is um, to try to keep my inbox below ten emails at all times. Ooh, I gave up on that years ago. Yes, and and you've been able to accomplish that. I'm pretty, you know, I'll be, we'll be, I'll be gone for sure. an hour or so now, and I give myself some grace that that doesn't count yeah. because I gotta. But for the most part, I try to go to bed at night with only ten emails in my inbox. Solid goal. Yep. All right, number four. Uh, what is the most common misconception about your job? Interesting, and it relates to what we were talking about before. Uh, that my job is advertising. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about relationships. But most people don't get that. They just think like, well, we need an ad. I need support here. I need support there. And I'm like, well, we don't do that. I mean, we can make you one, but that's not what we're actually here for. So I would say that most people confuse branding, marketing, and advertising. Easily the most three confused terms. Mm -hmm. And I think that typically in my world, at least my specifically in healthcare, it's that you make ads. And that's actually not what we do. I I figured you were going to say something like that all you do is sit around and play ping pong or something like that. Isn't that what all marketing people do? Yes. And and by the way, we pay someone to be on Twitter and Instagram. I'm like, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Last question. Number five. What is the best sports game that you've ever been to? So I have two answers to that. So I've been fortunate to, in 1990, it was the beginning of the Gulf War, I was at the uh, NHL All-Star Game in Chicago at Chicago Stadium right about, I think, the day of or the day after is the United States went over to Iraq and invaded. And the national anthem that night was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Memorable moment, 1990 All-Star Game. Fast forward many years, i was been fortunate to go overseas and see some European soccer matches. Okay. So I spent a week with my dad and my brother-in-law. We saw three European games in four days Oh wow! in, in England. Yeah. It was awesome. So I'm going to lump all three of those in there. So we yeah, saw the, a few Chelsea games, a few Manchester City games. It was phenomenal. That would be, a, it was that really would be cool. an experience for sure. It was that, awesome. That's a big deal. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, cool. Well, congratulations. You passed rapid fire. Sweet. We'll, we'll give you a score of uh, 912. Fantastic. Congratulations. I love it. <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, let's jump into kind of the conversation. So I, I go back to a lot of times, um, I, I, the first time I ever heard you speak, I went to an event. I think I talked about this on the last yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. I went to an event, and you talked about kind of some of the marketing strategies that you guys have deployed, kind of your theories on some of the things. And it, there's a lot of things that you, that you said then that have stuck with me, and I've 
awesome. communicated it to other people. One of which is, um, or I think there was two of them. One was about uh, uh, advertising on billboards and how you can't quantify if people have done it or not. And the second one was about a survey that you guys did asking where people saw ads. And one of the answers was a magazine that you had never yeah. advertised in. And a lot of people said that they saw it there. Right. And so the value of that was it doesn't matter where people see the ad so as long as they see it yeah. or, they, or they see the message, right? A hundred percent, yeah. And so I think, you know, the, the, the term I now have been sort of embracing lately is it'd be easy to say, like, you know, you need brand recognition. And candidly, I think brand recognition is not the right term because mm-hmm. it would mean that if you spend enough money, you will be present. You know, if you were to take the sure. top 10 most recognizable companies, it's probably honestly just based on their ad volume. Sure. Or just the scope or scale, right? So Amazon, Coke, mm-hmm. Walmart, Apple, Google, Facebook. Um, but what makes a brand relevant, yeah. actually, is the fact that the brand engages back with you and becomes adaptable mm-hmm. to what the consumer wants. That's mm. relevance. It's easy to be loud. It's not necessarily easy to be relevant. And if there's any lesson to learn from 2020, it's that you've got to really figure out ways to be more relevant to your consumers so that the brand is seen of as something that's positive. So I think it's interesting when you think about like the idea of a view through, which actually I think is a Google, a Google term, which is instead of a click through, somebody sees the ad, they see the ad again, mm-hmm. they see the ad again, then they enter your URL directly into the web browser. Mm. They never clicked on anything, but that ad should count. Mm-hmm. It should matter. Yeah. And so that's my philosophy around, you know, we didn't necessarily put an ad in the magazine, but somebody said we saw it there. And my answer is, I'm glad you love the creative. Thanks so much. I appreciate you calling or clicking or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. The question is, well, really the magic is, I guess, and this is where it gets, marketing gets uh, fun. Mm-hmm is I don't know what formula goes into that cauldron, but whatever wafts out of it should be working. So the question is, you got to throw a whole bunch of different ingredients in there. Sometimes it could be a magazine. Sometimes it could be a podcast. Sometimes it could be a billboard. Sometimes it could be clean graffiti on the ground. I have no idea what it would be. But it's enough to know that you're still driving some measure of success, whatever your success is. Uh, So long-winded answer, but I think it's now more about brand relevance. Mm -hmm. That's the key. The key is is that you've got to make sure that you're engaging and adapting and acting on what it is that the consumer wants so that you're relevant all of the time, especially, like we were chatting about before, when you're in a spot where your business is shut down. Yeah. I mean, we were closed. Yeah. Like hospitals, operating rooms, closed. That's what we do. Yeah. We operate. We see patients. If you can't do that, there is no business. Yeah. So we had 45 days of zero. Yeah. So how do you maintain relevance is you have to listen, think about what they want, and then adapt and act and acknowledge. And yeah. So, yeah. So I want to ask you for an example of relevance. Yes. Because yeah. I, I, I think everything that you just said spot on, I want to try to bring it into a practical sense for cool. anybody that might be listening. Um, the other thing, while you're thinking of a good example of that, uh, the fact that you just mentioned clean graffiti, I knew what you were talking about, and I didn't even know that was a term, but yes. basically where they're taking pressure washers and... Clean a dirty sidewalk. Yeah, with a, yeah. With a logo or a message exactly or something like right. that. Exactly right, yeah. So there's a group here in town. <laughs> I, I, I talk about Tori and Paula all the time. It's called The Savage Way. <laughs> and so basically you can take a... Uh, template and mm-hmm. using the dirty sidewalk and a pressure washer, the reverse image, which is now clean, yep. is your message. So it's actually like it's a green marketing yeah. platform. And at the end of the day, 
if nobody likes it, you just clean the rest of the sidewalk <laughs> and it's only water. So that's so incredible. I love it. I love it. That I is incredible. It. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so give us an example yeah. of, of staying relevant um, or finding your relevance in your, in your marketing. Right. So, um, so I'll give you like a, I'll give you an example outside that I think I've kind of been watching and just thinking about mm-hmm. that's very relevant in everyone's lives, which is Zoom. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so beyond its meteoric rise financially, it's interesting to see how out of nowhere mm-hmm. this thing became so prevalent. It's so prevalent now. People say, I'll Zoom you, and they're not even using Zoom. Yeah, They're using Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or something mm-hmm. else. They're not even using it. Yeah. To me, that's brand nirvana. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, I'm going to go get a Coke when it's really Pepsi. Yeah. I'm going to go get a Band-Aid when it's really like an adhesive strip from CVS. Mm-hmm. You don't. That is so that is being relevant. Mm-hmm. They figured out ways to tweak, adjust, modify, change their platform, do this. And they made mistakes along the way. Sure. I mean, there was a very famous moment I saw six, nine months ago, whatever, where I think the CEO of Zoom on his earnings call was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I don't know if he planned that, because if he did, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that's the most popular term of 2020. Yeah. You're on mute. You're on mute, yeah. Right? I mean, and so I think to me that was key. Like how do you figure out that, you know what, all of a sudden customers are talking to us. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to adapt and create scale and change and evolve? And it's not that they didn't make mistakes mm-hmm. or could have done things differently. They maybe were the success story of the early part, mid to part of 2020 because they made things happen for companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe rising tide lifts all boats. We use Microsoft Teams, but mm-hmm. nobody said I'll Teams you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 I agree totally with you. I, I, we, we've talked about that before, where Zoom became the new verb, it, just like it was when Google became a verb. Yes, like, precisely. Just Google it. Exactly right. Yeah. Just Google it. Right. Um, exactly so, right. Zoom has somehow figured out t- that it was it was uh, common enough that you could apply because yeah, they converted the word video conference over to Zoom. To Zoom, right? Yes. I, I want a video meet. We're gonna have a video meeting. No, we're gonna have a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah we'll Zoom. No but I'm, I'm gonna send you. A, I'm gonna send you a Teams link, <laughs> which is actually really what we use. Well, and the you other, call it Zoom. The other fact that you said rising tide raises all ships is they have because of the technology and investment that they put in, because you got to imagine mm. that they were sit- not sitting there going, oh, we're, we're prepared for this. You well, it's know? like you were saying, right? You're going to go from 20 staff to 40 staff. You'd be like, well, guess what? Now we need 80 staff. Correct. <laughs> so they uh, they were doing that. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, all the other video conferencing platforms had to get better as well. Right, because which is good, yeah. So Teams got better. I would imagine. I don't really. It use did. Teams. It did. Google Meet has gotten significantly yep. better. It yep. was just garbage at the right. beginning. Right. But, Way better. Right. So yes. a, a and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's this this is another whole this could be a whole another podcast is you know competition is good mm-hmm. you know way back in a previous career of mine I worked for McDonald's and I used to work with franchisees who mm-hmm. would say you know what I really want Blair I'd be sitting in the lobby there at McDonald's they say you know what I want see their Hardee's across the street I really want them to go out of business yeah and I'd be like well you don't want that yeah because they're helping establish the fact that you can get f- hot food fast mm-hmm. we want them to do that what we want from them is low energy yeah. So we can take their best employees, so we can take their best customers, but we don't want them to go away. A closed for business, closing down sign, mm-hmm. we're moving sign, isn't good for you. Yeah. It looks like what's wrong, With this, this is area, bad, yeah. this area is bad. You just want them to have low energy. Mm-hmm. And so I think in our space specifically too, I don't mind when somebody tries to steal a marketing idea that we have or that – somebody may be trying to do something that is invasive into our space. You should really be looking at it as a way to say, okay, listen, we're doing something right because they see that they can pick at it. Mm-hmm. 
the enemy of success is laziness. Mm -hmm. It isn't actually that your competition got you, right? It's harder to stay on top than it is to get to the top. So work at it, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's the challenge. It's a great piece of advice, Blake. Yes, we, yes. We could literally end this thing here, and that was a great piece of advice. <laughs> We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a keycard system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find a system that best fits the pool and HOA needs camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. Before we got started, you were talking about, uh, we were both kind of conversing about the changes that happened in 2020. Yeah. And I, I feel like when we have these podcasts, I'm like, I try desperately not to get into pandemic conversation, yeah, it's okay. but it's it's kind of a component of, of where life has been. Yeah. One of the things that you said was in middle of last year, you basically took your really good functioning strategy and threw it out we, the window. Yeah, we redid it. And so when you said that, I, I, and the, the re response that I gave you was, that is incredible to hear somebody that I would say has a really solid strategy that recognized that they had to change it. Mm. Why would any other business not look not at it, it the same way? Right. So tell, talk me just kind of high level through what that meant for you guys to kind of reinvent your strategy and, and lessons that you learned through it. Yeah, great. So I think we spent... You know, again, we had, like we were saying before, I had 45 days to kind of look around and wonder, hey, wow, what, what's up now? What could we do? I mean, we literally paused everything we had. We had yeah. no marketing, no nothing, nothing mm -hmm. going on. Uh, and so you look around and you say, so what, what is going to be happening going forward? Do we slow down our business? Do we, how will people come back to the office? Um, it, healthcare, we're probably an epicenter of places they don't want to be. Mm -hmm. Even though we're not treating COVID patients, it's still a doctor's office setting. It's 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 all the things you didn't want early on. We're tightly compacted. You're very close to people. Our business, our people touch other people mm -hmm. to see their shoulder, to check their knee. Mm -hmm. It's all the things you didn't want early on. And so we had to figure out a way to say, like restaurants did, like some of the service lines, some of the um, service industry did, is how do we become touch-free? How do we become um, a more convenient for them. Ultimately, what we settled on is we need to become easier to use as a brand. Okay. And that's where we started. Functionally, our marketing was, it had multi-factor, multi-channel, um, omni-channel, all these different things. But ultimately, it boiled down to, you know, we had brand relationships that I would call that were sort of evergreen. Mm -hmm. We had some call to action. We did some event-based things. You know, we would do some digital. And we had a good mix. And what we pivoted to was creating an ease-of-use strategy around schedule your appointment online, telemedicine visits, mm -hmm convenient locations, and same day and after hours urgent care. Mm -hmm. And that became the focus of our ongoing message. And what it turned into was a campaign that we developed called Your Care, Your Way, 
We took ourselves, the idea of you improved, which is our tagline, meaning you, the community, you, the patient, you, the neighborhood, you, Mm. the whatever. We want to make it better. Well, now, your care, your way. How can you choose how you want to be seen? And we, Ortho Carolina, will adjust to it. Gotcha. So double back to this idea of brand relevance. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. We rolled up a telemedicine program that did not exist 45 days earlier. From zero yeah. to 100. We had urgent cares, but we really thought better about sure. how do we bring people in same day. Mm-hmm. Back when I started 12 years ago, we talked a lot about how convenient our locations are. We now have more than double those locations, and we didn't spend a lot of time talking about convenience. Mm-hmm. We talked about the size of Ortho Carolina, but not necessarily how convenient our locations were. So we leaned back into we're conveniently located. You don't have to drive very far to be seen. And so we went back to something that we hadn't done in a long time Mm. uh, and thought about the fact that, you know, we now have a technology that lets you book your appointment online, not request one, but actually pick a time and book it. Mm -hmm. You get a text or an email response to say it's confirmed. So we had these assets floating out there. We coalesced them into one campaign. We had new video work, new print creative, new graphics, new tagline, new landing page, new structure, new sponsored content, new approach. We literally chucked what our original plan was for 2020, legitimately chucked it, Mm -hmm. and rebuilt the whole thing from May and June, launched it in the middle of July of 2020, and slowly fine-tuned it into November, Mm -hmm. got really robust around Thanksgiving, and now it's been rolling consistently in 2021. And it didn't exist really before, Chad. It was just a disparate ideas Mm -hmm. that we had. Oh, by the way, you know, you can schedule online. But what we're talking about is being active this. Mm -hmm. And we Mm. really made the foundational effort of our marketing that we need to be easier to use for consumers. That is applicable to every business. (laughs) Really should be, right? It really should be. It's like everything, I'm not minimizing any of it because we're sitting here going, well, duh, right? right? Like, Okay, how do we yes. how do we adapt that as well? But it's interesting because so a couple of things you just said, size. So you've talked about the size of Ortho Carolina. We're yeah, massive. Forty five offices around the region. We But how what how do you contextualize that to somebody that just got hurt or that somebody that needs care, right? Right. right exactly. Oh yeah, they have forty five. I don't what does that mean? I, wh- wh- mm-hmm. how do I get there? You know? Mm-hmm. Convenience, um and all of those components. That's that is is very powerful, but the the I guess awareness to say we have to change our messaging now is huge. I don't. The, I think that that's that's not normal, right? For for organizations as a whole or anybody just to say, hey, we have to stop what we're doing and totally reshift. It's just well, just keep moving on with our same messaging and it'll catch up eventually. Yeah. So a couple of things there. One, I'm also just a believer, devout believer, and do fewer things better, specifically when it's marketing related. And so you want a diverse uh, audience. You want as diverse or as broad of a portfolio as you can to put out there. Mm-hmm. We have different service lines. We have different offerings. You know, we're a pretty diversified business. We have physical therapy. We have imaging. And all those things are important. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, from a marketing perspective, we really should just have four or five or maybe six campaigns. And that's it. Mm-hmm. To have 12 or 13 things going. Um, we have a small marketing team. We, we don't 
we can't manage them well. Yeah. So would I rather do 13 things at 50% or would I rather do six things at 80, 90%? Yeah. That's the goal. So let's remember, we're going to do fewer things better. Having said that, if being easy to use is going to be our strategy, then everything needs to point back to what those are. And if they do, yeah. I'm struggling to see how this wouldn't work. Having said all of that, we are fortunate in that we established a relatively strong group of partners, mm -hmm. a relatively strong ethos around how our team behaves mm -hmm. and how we work as a team, specifically on the marketing side, how we do all that. And because we had that as a foundation to come from, mm -hmm. I think we were able to make this transition quicker than maybe others would. Mm -hmm. Side note, we're a privately owned company that has no shareholders. We have no board that we have to report to. So mm -hmm. we're able to move our ship. We're a little bit more like a speedboat than we are sure. a, you know, a cruise liner. And so I think some of the bigger organizations in town where they have bureaucracy and approvals, it's probably a tougher boat to turn. Yeah. Ours, we can make kind of a hard right. And we took advantage of that fact and we're able to do it. Yeah, it can be more nimble. Yeah. And maybe that falls into what I had mentioned earlier to, to kind of dive into is breaking the traditional rules of marketing. So this is a, a, a talk that you give, yeah. a, a class that you, you teach. What would you consider traditional marketing? So to me, it's thought, not necessarily tactics, right? Okay. Is, and this is, I was uh, mentioning a little bit earlier, is I think that the thought would be, we need this because I see a lot of people are there. I think a, lo a lot of marketers, let me do this way. I think a lot of people that think about what the marketing department does mm -hmm. is not really what a marketing department should be doing. A marketing department should be developing relationships with their local community. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Now, the community might be a media partner. Mm -hmm. It could be a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. It could be your local city government. It could be connecting with other people in your network. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. That's the based goal off of, of, the of your ideal customer, exactly. where you're trying to get to. The marketing department should be the relationship manager mm -hmm. for the organization in the community. Underneath that is, oh, by the way, we might make a couple of ads. Mm -hmm. We actually have a logo we can send you. We might do some copywriting. We might manage the website. We might do some social media. We may have some email. We may have some podcasts that we try to produce or support. They come after the fact. I think most organizations think about marketing as those tactical items first, mm -hmm. not the purpose why they're there. Yep. So my philosophy has always been, we don't think about marketing that way. It is, what can we do to make sure we're a part of our community, that we're a part of our, we understand what our business model is. Mm -hmm. I mean, the goal of any business is to stay in business. So I get it, that we're not, it's not a charity here. Mm -hmm. So we do want to make sure that we're actually delivering on, on, on the goal. Sure. And so that's what I typically start with is traditional marketing is how you think about it, mm -hmm. not actually the tactics that you put into place. Um, the proof is in the pudding, I think, for us. My, my philosophy around how people think of our brand yeah. is that maybe not the most popular name in town, but my guess would be when you start to think about healthcare entities, mm. we're probably in the top four or five named groups that are around. Yeah. And even more impressive is when they're not thinking about healthcare and somebody says, hey, is there a group in town that might be interested in supporting a nonprofit walk for health? Somebody's like, you should call North Carolina. Mm -hmm. There's a civics and humanities group that is now in town. It's called the Charlotte Center for Civics and Human Humanities and Civic Engagement. Okay. It's headed by a guy named Mark Perez. He's terrific. And I was literally at a meeting last night, so it's very fresh on my brain. Um, we're their sponsor. Okay. And somebody might say, why are you supporting a 
humanities organization. And the reason why we are is because Charlotte needs it. So if Charlotte needs it, and we can step up as a partner that helps make it help make it possible. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't every company support this to make the city? If the city's cooler tomorrow yeah. than it was yesterday, how can that be bad for our business? Yeah. That's what marketing does. We build relationships. We pioneer things. We anticipate. Mm-hmm. We adapt. And then we put some ads together. Yeah. And then we put a few things uh, into the marketplace. Then we have some you know, calls to action. Patient acquisition, insert whatever term you want. Sure. Well, you, you mentioned a lot of this last time we were here is if, if what the activities that we're promoting are bringing more, uh, mm-hmm. more population to Charlotte, more people that are here are more potential <laughs> patients, how is that bad for our business? How is it bad for our business? <laughs> and really, how would it be bad for anyone's business? Correct. You, know, you could make the argument that if there's something that's good for the city, mm-hmm. and again, I know we're in a more divisive society today mm-hmm. than maybe we have been over the last five, six, seven years. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes hard to do that because someone will say, well, what are you supporting? And if you're sure, not supporting yeah. the right thing, you get canceled and all that kind of stuff. But in general, if you can create, if you can all agree or enough people can agree that we need to make a, this, this is going to make our, our city, our neighborhoods, our community stronger. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't everybody have a goal of supporting that yeah. because it really would in fact help everybody else. And so I, I don't know if that like would pass the macroeconomics class yeah. professor's vision of it all, but I do think that there's some logic to it well, from our perspective. It's the same thing for you know the security business, right? If if we see new ground being broken, new buildings going up, new businesses moving into town, those are all opportunities for all us opportunities. to have new, new customers and and help to protect those facilities. So yes. it's part of that new homes going up. It, it's all yeah. if if our mission is to help. Uh, our customers protect their people and their property, then what you creates more property people, and more, <laughs> more, and more, more people? people. <laughs> Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. So when you talk about breaking the rules uh, of traditional marketing and it's changing the mindset on it, because I think a lot of times, and, and we've talked, you talk about this, and I'm sure you are just exhausted by hearing that comment about ROI and how can I validate that? And you've been, been positioned in a very unique spot where, like you said, you you have, I guess, the support of your organization. You can be very nimble and you've proven your strategies over and over again. So based off of that and then talking to either other business owners out there that are still wrestling with mm. is this something I should do or not right or maybe you're talking to another marketing department that says okay that's great for you mm. but how can I communicate that to my to, to my leadership as well my boss yeah so I I I would break that down into two questions okay. why do you think you need it? versus asking the person you want to do the work why they're there. Okay, so what I mean by that is if somebody says, hey, we're growing our business enough to now that I think we probably need marketing, mm-hmm. 
Well, the reality is, what are they there to do? Mm-hmm. Grow your business. Yes. If they're there to grow your business, then you have to invest in the fact that you put them there. Mm-hmm. To have a marketing department or an ad agency or a marketing investment of any kind mm-hmm. and not actually invest in it, yeah. I would beg the question, it's as valuable as the products and services you create. You know, I can, I mean, an x-ray machine is required for our business. It's not a negotiable. It's not a negotiable. (laughs) And I would hope that the belief is neither is marketing. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, there's not going to be anyone to put in the x-ray machine that you just invested in. So if the decision is made to invest in marketing, then you actually have to do it. Mm -hmm. And that means people and resources. It doesn't mean you can't be judicious of the money you spend, or you can't be knowledgeable in trying to get the best bargains Mm -hmm. and do the best work and drive efficiency and drive costs. Of course you do those things. They're inherent in the business that we're trying to run. Overspending in marketing doesn't help anybody. Sure. So we're going to try to be good at what we do and be efficient. The reality, though, is, is that not investing in it means it's not an investment, in which case, don't have one. Yeah. Why you're not, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like people that say, well, we have all this terrific data, but we don't use it. Mm-hmm. Why are you collecting it then? Yeah. It's a waste. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Just wing it. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. If you're going to decide to invest in marketing and have the people, let them do what they do. This is their role. Their role is to create relationships and help be successful for the products and services that you're selling. I would say it goes back to even the same uh, concept that, you know, a lot of businesses wrestle with is, well, hopefully we can get big enough to have a sales department. So, yeah, well, yeah, flip that around and say, when we have a sales department, it's going to help us grow. When we have our focus on marketing, it will help us grow. It's understanding that it is a necessity for your target growth versus a when we get to that point so we can get it. Yes, beautifully said. And I think the reality, too, is marketing is gray. It, it, it is not always, and I know nowadays with digital assets and, and internet marketing, you can see that if you click on a thing, that you had a transaction, mm-hmm. and I understand that. But, but deciding that we're going to invest in the Charlotte Center for Civics and Humanities, somebody might say, what the heck? That is a long arc. Yeah. That is establishing, that's putting a flagpole in something that nobody's even come to yet. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, have our, we have an Ortho Carolina flag in a piece of land that nobody's even driven past yet. Mm-hmm. But in five years, it's going to be a thriving community. Yeah. Well, guess what? Our flag was planted there. Sure. So it's the belief that that investment is worthwhile and it's a long arc. And especially in our world, mm-hmm. you only need orthopedics when you're hurt. Mm-hmm. So the reality is I need to convince people, no, you need to embrace our brand even when you're not hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's how we actually become relevant. It isn't just that we're recognized. Mm-hmm. There are two different terms and I think they mean two very different things. Um, and so as you can tell, I get elevated and passionate about this because it matters to me because I think sure. a lot of times people say, well, we have a marketing department, you know, it's one person or we have a marketing department and, you know, they, they do this, but, you know, they really have a whole lot of budget or um, we're thinking about adding a marketing person, but I'm not really sure. I'm like, well, you either are or you aren't. Yeah. It's like the Yoda thing. There is, you either, you know, what is it, you know, there, there is no try. There's yeah. either do or don't do, <laughs> right? I mean, so, so that's. That's, I think, what it boils down to. And if you're going to stand in front of your leadership and say, hey, you know, we're going to be, um, I need to advocate for more dollars or another person, mm-hmm. the question you should ask is, if we're investing in this, 
this is a requirement of the business. Yeah. If we're going to see patients with broken bones, we need an x-ray machine. If we're going to market our services, we need a person to help us get it done. And if the answer to your question then is we're not sure, then that's not an investment. Sure. And so in, in back the same away. Sen- in the so same sense as away. any investment. Exactly. Yeah. So then back off it and go in another direction. Yeah. Hmm. Blair, I appreciate your insights. Um, I, it's it in, interesting to me because I've talked to a lot of people that have uh, knowledge in marketing or, or actually are involved in that. And some people take the approach of you just have to. just You just do. You take a very tactical approach to it, and, and I appreciate and applaud the fact that uh, you're, you're communicating regularly the reason, reasoning for and the actual tactical way to go about it. Uh, I think it brings a lot to the table uh, for, for business owners to understand. Um, and for people to kind of get behind it and take action. So it's yeah, very cool. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I, um, I, I, you know, I, I try to advocate for my profession. Too, sure. Right? I mean, so I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, this is a, 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 you may agree or disagree, and everybody's in business is different, mm-hmm. and there's no easy button. And I often tell time, I have a very phrase I use a lot of time in my classes, like, you know, beware of a CLM, a career-limiting move. Mm-hmm. Don't wander into your boss office demanding something, and all of a sudden you're out of a job. So I don't want somebody to do anything that causes them any bodily harm <laughs> or financial harm. Sure. However, I do think that if you're, go- think about it as, as an investment. Mm-hmm. And if your department is going to be invested in, you have to advocate for it. And the reason why they have you there is because you have a skill set that the rest of the org does not. Mm. So don't be cocky, but get close. But Makes get sense. close. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Blair, thank you for coming in. Oh, my um, pleasure. Obviously, I don't even know that we really talked a whole lot about it, but Ortho Carolina is. is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Uh, and uh, you guys are heavily involved in the community in yeah. a lot of different aspects. Uh, it's hard to go anywhere without seeing the name. Um, Great. And I, I think I told that story before where uh, driving up and down Park Road, my daughter said, Yeah. They left the inn off the sign. I was yeah. like, Huh, never yeah. even noticed that yeah, before. Yeah. Hey, Blair, thanks again for joining us today. Always a blast to chat. Thank you very much for coming in the studio and uh, spending some time with us today. If this is your first time listening or watching, you might want to go and check it out, lockdoc.net slash podcast. We've got over 120 other episodes with very similar information. You can go in and check out uh, the other episode that we did with Blair a few years ago and understand kind of the structure and how he has been uh, implementing these types of marketing strategies and, and the success that they've seen with him. You can go find out more about them at orthocarolina.com. Again, thanks for to Blair for joining us today. Those of you who are watching or listening for the first time, we invite you to subscribe, lockdoc.net slash podcast. Get there, check it out. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you next time.